0: and content conquerors. Welcome to the one and only that Content Nerd Podcast, where we unleash the power of social media and content marketing for small businesses. I'm your host, the Grand Master of Growth, the Wizard of Words, and the Sultan of Strategy, Carly Lynn, here to take you on an epic journey through the cosmic world of digital success. Get ready to soar through the digital stratosphere as we uncover the Jedi secrets of captivating content, Navigating the treacherous asteroid fields of trending hashtags and decoding the mysterious algorithms of platforms. Together, we'll build your small business empire one pixel at a time. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur or just starting your journey, That Content Nerd Podcast is your go-to resource for all things social media and content marketing. Get ready to harness the power of the digital cosmos. This episode is about to launch in three, two, one. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the That Content Nerd podcast. I'm so excited that you are here. So today's episode is going to be slightly different, but I feel like it is something incredibly important for us to understand and start really talking about. Um, What I'm going to be talking about today is five things that I've learned since seriously taking Uh, or since taking my business seriously, excuse me, Um, a lot of the time what can happen is that we start just going, right? We're just going along. We're just continuing. And then we wake up one day with a business and we're like, oh, dang, how did I even get here? What the heck? And I really believe that if we take the time to learn as we go, if we you know, stop and reflect, then we're going to hopefully learn some lessons faster so we don't have to struggle quite as hard. Um, hopefully this continues to be true uh, because frankly, I'm really tired of having to relearn some lessons year after year. Um, but anyway, um, so for those of you who are new, hi! Um, I'm so glad that you're here. I am, my name is Carly, as you know from the intro, and I'm a social media manager and content strategist. Um, I have been doing this specifically, um, for what will be two years in January of 2024. Um, I have been doing this informally for about three years, but I decided that I was going to actually make this a business, um, in January of 2022 and then I decided to really take it seriously like really focus on it like go over the excuses go all in in Q3 of last year at the end of Q3 about the beginning of Q4 um, so right around October uh, or September October right around there and I had been up until that point kind of just like I don't want to say screwing around because I was working but I think I reached a point where I burnt out and I was so frustrated that I wasn't seeing the results that I wanted that I kind of gave up on a subconscious level like I was still showing up I was still talking about it but my I was like you know this is never gonna work I'm never gonna see results from this I am never going to get myself out of this situation um which at the time I had been in a really crappy situation for a long time. Um, I initially was living in a basement with no plumbing with my son and I, um, and I was grateful for that space. It was a roof over my head. You know, I've been homeless before and I was grateful that we didn't have to face that. But, um, then we moved across the country, which was incredible, um, and lived with my parents for a time. And again, very grateful, but my son and I needed our own space. Um, there was a lot of people at my mom's or at my parents' place and we just needed our own space. And um, I had been working so hard for so long and had been dealing with a lot of people doubting me and that I was like, I think I'm just done. Like, I, I don't know how to continue defending my decision of trying to make this business work when nothing is happening. And then near the end of last year, I was like, you know what? I, I am all in because prior to uh, being a social media manager, I'd been trying to build my own business for uh, over 15 years, literally since so I was like 13, 12, 13 years old. And so when I started taking it seriously at the end of last year, I was like, OK, it's kind of like now or never. Like I need to make a choice. I either do it or I don't. But this is stupid what I'm doing right now. I need to just make a choice. In doing that, some pretty incredible things happened, and I want to share with you five of those things that really stood out to me. Um, I will go into detail on each of them, um, but what I want you guys to take away from this is to understand that the breakthrough that you're looking for is closer than you think, and the change you're looking for the momentum the motivation you know whatever it is those things are closer than you think they are and when you decide to really show up and really you know just take the bull by the horns and start making some magic happen in your business you're going to be amazed at what you find um I was going to say something else. And then my brain, it just like jumped right out of my brain. I also want to do an episode just talking about how like my ADHD is impacting my business. But um, I will get to that episode in another one. See, my brain's already trying to take off track. It's the most ADHD thing I've ever said on a podcast. Um, But anyway, um, here are the five things that I have learned since taking my business seriously one year ago. Number one. The numbers aren't scary. I talked about this quite a bit on Friday's podcast episode, on the confessions episode, where I talked about how analytics were something that absolutely terrified me. Uh, They worried me. I felt that honestly, the numbers made me feel stupid. I felt like I didn't understand them and they overwhelmed me. And they were the thing that held me back for a really long time. Because so I was like, people are going to want me to explain their analytics to them. And I don't understand their analytics. And so therefore, I could never actually be a good social media manager. And excuse me, sorry, i got hiccups now. Um, and I may as well not even start since I'm obviously going to be so awful at it. But since just taking a step back and going, okay, I'm just going to look at the numbers. Um, things have shifted so much. So the the numbers is twofold. Um, The numbers in the sense of analytics, yes, that's what I talked about on Friday. So if you haven't listened to Friday's episode, go listen to that. But also the numbers as in finances. I was really scared of looking at my financial numbers for a really long time. I felt like I was failing. I felt like there was never enough. I felt like if I looked at the numbers, I would be forced to quit because there is no way I can make this work. And while I am definitely not a six-figure business owner yet, um, while I'm not rolling in the dough yet, it's pretty freaking cool to see what my business has done, um, and how it has grown and how it is impacting, um, my life, uh, in my, my, my day-to-day life, um. I looked at the numbers earlier this month, uh, that i was recording October. Um, I looked at the numbers right around October 12th or 13th. And I thought that was pretty cool because I looked at it because I realized that I was already over halfway to beating Q3 sales just in October. Um, In just the first two weeks of October, I'm more than halfway to beating an entire quarter, which is pretty freaking cool. It's like, okay, dang, I've got this. Um, Because... Uh, August and September were really rough months for me. Um, August was really low. September kind of started picking up, but it was nowhere near what I was expecting it to be, what I was hoping that it would be. Um, And then October, you know, just hit with a bang. And It's really cool to see that and now like those numbers tell a story and the story that those numbers tell are not that I'm stupid or I'm bad with money or that I don't know what I'm talking about or I'm bad in business or whatever. The story that they tell is that I had a rough month and then I bounced back. But what we have to remember is that the numbers, the the data means nothing until we give it meaning. And if we decide that the data means that we suck, that we're stupid, that we're useless, yeah, we're going to not want to look at the numbers. That, that sucks. But if we decide that the numbers are there to give us information about our business and then we assign it meaning, it's a lot easier to look at the numbers, yes, but to also process and understand what they mean and how to keep track of it all, whether you are looking at analytics or at your finances. So... If you have been putting off looking at both your analytics and your finances, let this be a reminder to not. um Take a deep breath and go look at them. There's one of two things that's going to happen. One, it's not going to be as bad as you thought they were, which is going to feel cool. Or two, they're going to be as bad as you think they are. And now that you know you don't have to waste any time on wondering, now you can just go right into the knowing. You know that you know that the numbers are where they're at, and now you can start taking action to fix it, to change it, instead of going, well, I'm just not going to look at them at all. Okay? This was huge. The numbers aren't scary. They're there to give us information. Number two, I don't need to know everything. This really blew my mind. Um, I don't need to know everything. As a chronic um, know-it-all, as someone who would get paid to learn if I could, as someone who knows a lot of things and who gets very uh, pissy when I don't know something and I can't figure it out, this is new to me. Um, I don't need to know everything, but I need to be willing to figure it out. This is huge. Being willing to figure it out means that I need to be willing to fail. I need to be willing to get it wrong. I need to be willing to go, okay, I I had an idea and it didn't work, why didn't it work? Okay, I'm gonna take this idea and I'm gonna try something different with this idea, what then? Okay, it still didn't work, why is it not working? And then the more you do it wrong, the closer you're going to be to getting it right. This has been an incredibly difficult lesson for me because I want to get it right all the time. I wanna just know, I wanna know everything. Um, and that just isn't going to work, but this came to a head recently, as I signed at the time of this recording, a new client. And this client is, I've talked about her. uh, I'm pretty sure i talked about her in Friday's episode. Um, but she is one of the biggest businesses that I have worked for. She has the largest account that I've worked with. Um, And I was, I, it freaked me out a little bit. And so she kept asking me these questions and I was like, you know what? I just want this to be clear. I don't, I do not claim to be perfect at this. I do not claim to know everything, but I am willing to figure it out. If I don't know something, I'm going to be honest about it because I don't want us all to suffer because I can't figure it out. My plan is to always say, I don't know, but I will find out. And then I go figure it out and I come back with an honest answer. And that really impressed her. And we kept continued talking. And when she asked me certain questions and I, that wasn't in my wheelhouse or that wasn't something that's part of what I offer, I was honest and she was so grateful. And I've, I've started looking at my own business this way. Like, okay, you know what? I don't have to know everything. As a social media manager, if someone expects me to know everything, I'm not going to want to work with them as a client because social media is always changing and always, you know, trying new things and breaking and and making these massive changes. And if someone claims to know everything, how on earth are they going to be able to roll with the changes and with the things that um, change and shift in social media marketing and business and content? So I'm learning to embrace that I don't need to know everything. I just need to figure it out. This is so much easier when I'm working with my clients, but it is something that I am trying to embrace for myself. Uh, Number three, everything that I was told was a problem and the exact reasons my clients love me. I was told that I was too obnoxious, um, that my blue hair and blue eyebrows um, that my goth vibe was going to be too much. It wouldn't fit. In order to be successful, I had to have the very feminine, white, minimalistic uh, aesthetic. I needed to um, not be so crass, not be so blunt. I needed to speak calmer and have a more flowy voice. I needed to um, hold back on my opinions and just kind of, sh- oh my God. I could not do that to save my life. And it turns out that everything that I disliked um, or was taught to dislike about myself are the same thing that my clients and students absolutely freaking love. I was told that in order to be successful, I would need to put makeup on on a regular basis because social media is the highlight reel and you have to look good. And even if you want to share a curated uh, look without makeup or minimal makeup, you definitely cannot be a hot mess. And I've decided to go full bore. I talk about this all the time. I am a hot mess in my stories. I am a hot mess on my profile. Why? Because I know that other people need permission to show up and be less than perfect. And I took a risk and it paid off. My clients love it. They love that I don't show up to meetings I'll put together all the time. Um, they love that I am myself. And I was also told that this idea of me being a single mom and homeschooling, that not only would this not be possible, but it would get in the way of my business. And not a single one of my clients has been bothered on the rare occasions that my son interrupts a meeting. He is very good 99% of the time. He knows when I'm in a meeting that he is not to talk to me or mess with me. He can wait. And they understand Um, that in those times that he does interrupt that I have to kind of be mom for a moment and say, look, dude, I'm in a meeting. Axel, I'm not going to give you an answer right now. And that I stick to my mom guns while I'm in the meetings and they don't have a problem with it. And I'm not saying that this is something like I'm going to let my kid interrupt meetings all the time, but you know, I do work from home and my son is home because we homeschool and he is going to interrupt sometimes. And my clients actually love and respect that. It's, it it starts great conversations and it, it makes me more relatable and they understand more of me and how my brain works. The other thing that I do all the time is I ramble. I say constantly I am a short story long person, not long story short. Um, I will find 45 minutes to explain a two minute long concept. I don't know if it is because I am a voracious reader or if it is because um, I love to hear the sound of my own voice Or I'm a sucker for a descriptive adjective because I used to be a fiction writer. You know, whatever it is, I can make something just go on forever. I think I inherited it from my dad. Um, But again, with this recent client that I got, she's like, you need to stop apologizing. She's like, I love it. She's like, things that you think are not related to what you're talking about, things that you think you're rambling on are allowing me insight into your brain and how it works. And it's helping me to see that we're going to be a great fit. So these things that I thought were so terrible and so frustrating and so annoying about me are the exact reasons that my clients say yes and pay me four figures a month. Um, Number four, I don't need people to believe in me and validate my dreams. I need to have the audacity to believe that it's possible and then commit to it. This is huge. I used to beg and plead people to believe in me. I wanted boyfriends to believe in me. I wanted my family to believe in me. I wanted friends to believe in me. And they sometimes they did to an extent, but a lot of the times they did not. When they did believe in me, they could only believe in me to the extent of their belief in themselves. They could only believe in me to the extent that they saw what's possible. When I said that money was abundant and that there was enough for all of us, they didn't believe me because they didn't understand. It's very similar to this idea of, so my best friend is a birth prep coach. Um, she's actually going to be on the podcast soon and we're going to um, talk about business and motherhood. But um, she would say all the time that she loves newborns because they're so easy and I I, and to this day I know she's right because I know her and I've seen her with her kids and I trust her but I cannot even fathom this because I am hoping to get my foster license in the near future and I ideally would prefer older kids and not younger kids Uh, because babies are cute and all, but I want to give them back the moment they start crying or fussing, right? Because I'm like, they're so complicated. They're so difficult. They can't talk. They can't explain to me what's going on. That's too much. It's too overwhelming. I don't want to have a baby, but she's like, no, dude, they, they tell you everything. You just have to learn how they communicate. And I'm over here like, oh yeah, sure. Like like I said, I know because I trust her, but there is, I'm done. I'm done popping out babies. Um, so I'm like, I will never be able to know what she's talking about. Um, so I'm just going to trust her, but I don't have to lean into belief too much because it's not something that I'm going to be dealing with. And that is what, you know, my people, my family, my friends have done. They believed in me to the extent that they could believe that it was possible and they didn't believe it was possible. So they couldn't fully believe in me. They were like, you know, I'm sure she'll figure it out. And I'm sure, you know, whatever Carly does, she will bounce back, whatever. But they didn't, they did not, they were not able to believe in me because they couldn't, they didn't have that extended um, vision of belief that I had said that i had been working on for years on end. And I did not need to have people even kind of believe in me. I could have people tell me it wasn't possible and I would do it anyway. I was told over and over and over and over again that the life that I have right now is not possible. I went from a basement with no plumbing into a three-bedroom house. My son and I live together. We're going to be having our, uh, our own little mini Christmas party here soon. We are going for the first time. We're going to be putting up a tree and setting up decorations in our own house. And the excitement that this brings is insane. And, and I'm a single mom and I homeschool. I do these things that everyone said was not possible. And one, I want to show others that it is possible to show their single moms that it's like, if you are wanting this life, you can't have it. Um, but also, like, I I have always been one to channel Watch Me energy to go, you know what, whatever, just sit back and watch. Thank you. Thank you for saying I can't do it because I just did. Like that just gave me so much fuel. And I used to thrive on that. And I still kind of thrive on that. But I learned that I cannot constantly lean on the watch me energy. I cannot constantly lean on other people to provide me the fuel. Whether it is the, well, screw you, watch me energy. Or it's the, wow, you've got this energy. Um, It's up to me. And even the people that did believe in me, like my best friend who also has a business, she believes in me. i It's not enough. She can't believe in me enough for me to do what I need to do. That's to me. that That's on me. I have to have the audacity to believe that it's possible and commit to it. And that is what I've done. And my life has drastically changed for it. This is a daily practice. It is not something that comes easy to me. It is not something... Um, That is simple by any means, but it is something that I have been able to work through and do and work on daily, day in and day out. And I am so grateful that I've been willing to put in that work because it is not easy, but it is 100% worth it. Number five has to do with entrepreneurship, having my own business in motherhood. Or maybe in in just being a person, having a life outside of business. Balance doesn't exist. I'm going to talk more about this in a future episode because I know how hard it can be for moms to try to get all this stuff done. But balance doesn't exist. I'm one person doing a lot of different things. I'm responsible for paying the bills. I'm responsible for taking care of my child. I am responsible for my household. I am responsible for myself. I am responsible for my mental health. I'm responsible for my physical health as someone with chronic illness. I mean, we're all responsible for our own health, uh, but especially so since I've got chronic illness. And I am not able to do all of those things well all of the time. It is not possible. And because it's not possible, beating myself up for something that is physically impossible is pretty freaking stupid. I'm learning that I am one person doing many things and I have had to, and it it honestly did involve a bit of grief if I'm going to be honest with you. I have a whole hyper-independence complex uh, to a fault, to a point where it is very much trauma response that I'm not going to get into. But I feel like I have to do everything on my own. I don't like asking for help or support I don't like people knowing when things are hard. I don't like it when when I feel like I've reached a point where I do need help because I feel like that means I failed. Because if I just woulda, shoulda, woulda, coulda, right? Those words are always running in the back of my mind. And I also have to remember I've got ADHD. My brain does not work the way that this world has been designed. So I have something else against me too. And I only have so much mental energy and so much physical energy. And so sometimes the laundry will not get done and it will get it will get backed up. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. I have not folded. I've not folded or put away laundry in well over a month. There's a pile on my bed that I desperately want to no longer be there. But by the time I have energy to do it, I am not going to spend that energy doing and working on laundry when I could be sleeping or watching TV or scrolling TikTok. Sometimes the dishes don't get done. And sometimes, um, you know, we eat junk. Sometimes the house is a complete disaster. Sometimes I don't meal plan the way that I should. Sometimes I don't meal prep the way that I should. You know, sometimes things are not going to go the way that I would like them to. And that's fine. That doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. It means that life is hard. And look, sometimes I also get behind in work Sometimes my client work gets backed up. Sometimes I forget. Sometimes I physically cannot find the energy to do it. Sometimes I choose to spend time with my kid or do dishes or clean the house instead of work, which means work gets further behind. You guys, balance does not exist. This life is hard. Single mom life is hard. Mom life is hard. Business life is hard. It doesn't mean you're a failure. It means you're human. And you guys, this has been both the best and hardest year of my life. I have been praying for new problems for so long and God finally gave them to me and I was so ungrateful when he did. And it is my goal from now moving forward to be grateful for the new problems that I have because I love that I get to be stressed out about a lawn that needs to get mowed I love that I need to that I'm frustrated that light bulbs went out, so I have to go get light bulbs so I can change them because I'm changing them in my own kitchen. I like that I get to complain about laundry being on my bed because it means that our bills are paid and my work got completed and um, we have clean clothes. I have been begging for new problems, and I need to be grateful for those new problems because the old ones sucked. But that's that's the deal. That's the thing that we need to remember. Our old problems are problems that we have dealt with for so long, they just become comfortable. We don't like them, but they're comfortable. And once we're introduced with new problems, we feel, we, we freak out, and we're like, oh, my God, nope, 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 what's going on? This is, this is too uncomfortable. This is too hard. It's, it's too much because it's a new problem. Not because it's any different or any more difficult than your other problems. It's just a new problem, so it feels harder. And sometimes we need to take a step back and be grateful for those new problems. Because what we've learned along the way has been pretty freaking cool. So I know this is a little bit of a rambly one and it's not super marketing focused, but I want you guys to understand that these things matter in your business. And if you are struggling with being consistent in your marketing, chances are it has something to do with one of these five things yourself. You know, our life is very much impacted or excuse me, our business is very much impacted by our life. We have chosen a life where the line between work and and life is very blurry Unless you have an office that you're able to go check into, which chances are you don't. Because then why would you build an office from home? Um, or why would you want to work from home just to leave? Our life is very murky as far as where that line is. And we, it's up to us to find that line. It's up to us to defi- to decide which line we are on, which side we are on um, on any given day. And it is all so much easier said than done. But you guys, this matters so much much. So freaking much. And I hope this stood out to you and I hope this um, inspired you to make some changes um, or adjustments in your own life, in your own business if needed. Um, and if this resonated with you, please do me a favor and leave me a review. You can leave a review on Spotify, on Apple iTunes, um, or you can do it on anywhere you listen. If you're on Google, if you are on um Pod bean, that's what I use. Um, it would be, I'd be so grateful. And also, I just want to let you guys know that I am updating. Uh, the services that I offer in Content Nerd Media um, as a social media manager. Um, one of the my favorite things that I'm offering right now is an Instagram audit. And this audit is hefty. Um, in it, I'm going to be doing a 30-minute deep dive into your profile. And I'm going to be looking at all of these things, giving you the PDF strategy guide, giving you content ideas. But the thing that I'm most excited about is that you get two weeks of support after the fact. So you get two weeks of support for applying what you learn in the audit and if that is not an awesome incredible deal I don't know what is so to get more information on that not only the audit but also the other services I offer go to that services and then you can just send me a dm or email with what it is that you are interested in and I will get back to you as soon as possible thank you guys so much for listening I'll catch you in the next one And that wraps up this electrifying episode of the That Content Nerd podcast. Thank you, my fellow nerds, for joining me on this epic journey through the realms of social media and content marketing. I hope you've gained valuable insights, inspiration, and a touch of charm to supercharge your marketing game. But hey, the adventure doesn't end here. Join us inside of the Marketing Nerds Facebook group. This is where I give trainings, have surprise guests, and so much more. Join our content-loving community and keep those cosmic conversations going. Check out the link in the show notes to dive in. This podcast was produced by Content Nerd Media, a powerhouse company that specializes in YouTube channel management, video editing, podcast production, and social media management. They are the creative geniuses behind the scenes, helping small businesses like yours amplify their online presence and reach new heights. I'll see you next time, nerds. May the content be with you.